Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Cordimus. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boys, Davy Crockett. Coming to you from the D-Town Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread America. How's everybody doing out there today? It is Sunday, July 9th, 2023. How's everybody doing out there today? <clears throat> Hopefully, you guys are all doing well. So, got a show for you today. Gonna kind of get away from current subjects. And, uh, well, I, I, I don't want to say it's away from current subjects. I, well, well, we'll get to it in a minute. <laughs> So, first off and foremost, guys, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, guys, please make sure you follow, subscribe, and then share this with your friends. If you're on Spotify or uh, Apple, go ahead and leave us a a awesome review, five-star preferably, and tell us how great we're doing. Because that'll help. I mean, without sinking a lot of money into the situation, it's, it's those little things. I know it sounds silly. But the better, if you guys constantly listen to this show, and you like it enough to do that, whatever podcast app you're on, if you're able to leave a review, and a a five-star, four-star, you know, whatever, rating, preferably five-star, that puts us into an algorithm. And the more you follow the show and subscribe, whatever that button is on the podcast app, um... <clears throat> If you're if people that listen to other podcasts, if they're listening to Bonchino or, or whoever, um, it'll pop up. You might also like this. So that's kind of a way to advertise the show without advertising the show, so to speak. So it's those little things that you guys can do to help me out also. 
if you are on social media, we are Don't Tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, and the tick and uh, yeah, Ticker Talker, <laughs> and then on uh, Twitter we are dtom underscore seventeen seventy five. And also, if you guys haven't listened to the last show or if you missed it, I started a store, the Dtom Store. The link will be at the bottom of this podcast app, whatever one you're listening on. It'll say Dtom Store. Just click the link, and it'll let you into the store. You can see what the few items we have right now. I'm just going to do a few things here to see how it goes. Some t-shirts, uh, stickers. I got a phone phone cases for iPhone and Samsung, different different models. And uh, swim trunks. A little pricey. I don't know. I'm just trying to find like summer type things to put in there. Probably in the next couple of months, I'll throw some sweatshirts and you know hoodies and stuff in there and stuff like that. Uh, and, and those are the little things you guys can do to help me out. If you like the show, if you like the graphics check them out i'll probably do some other i'm coming up with some other t-shirt ideas i'll throw a couple of those in there once i get them together and uh they'll be be available for you guys to purchase and that'll also help fund the show and maybe help expand and do things that i want to do it'll be those little things without like asking you for donations or starting a patreon it'll be the little things like that it'll help me out all right so check that out um like i said the link will be at the bottom of the page dtom store click it also 10 percent off use promo code dtom in the promo code and uh, you'll get 10 percent off your total order all right so i'm gonna kind of be all over the map <laughs> on this one <laughs> news <laughs> right that's news of the obvious for me so what i want to do today is in in the last I don't know, let's say in the last year, we've noticed the admission of UFOs, right? The Navy comes out, and this person comes out, and that person comes out, and do do we believe them? Do we not believe them? Is it is it is it whatever? And I started thinking about this, and I've been thinking about this for the longest time. So most people, at least in in, in this country, um, and I'm not saying that you know UFO sightings don't happen in other countries. I'm not saying that. But in this country, especially if you're 30 to 70 years old and someone talks about UFOs and whatever, one of the most infamous or famous, whatever you want to call it, UFO sightings was or is Roswell. Roswell, right? And the stories behind what was seen, what wasn't seen, what we thought we saw, what it was, what it wasn't, um, and and that moves into today. So my question was: in the history of, in the recorded history of man, okay, how many UFO sightings do we know about? Now, obviously, we can't count every single one because maybe some people don't report it. And I'm going to go back as far as 1450 BC. So we're going back a ways. We're going back, what's that, 3,700 plus years. <laughs> so um, so I guess my point being is this. Throughout the recorded time of man, UFO sightings didn't really, I, I don't want to say they did not occur until the last 80 years, but they didn't have the frequency they did, that they did. And who's to say 
back in 1450 BC or 200 or so. Who's to say what that was? Was it a UFO? Was it an anomaly of some sort? We don't know. So, for example, in 1450 BC, uh, Thutmose the Third, Jabel Barkel and Steele. I'm assuming that's I don't know. That's the name, I guess, of the people. Location was in ancient Egypt. And uh, the description is read as such. After conquering the ancient Nubian city of uh, Napata, uh, Thutmose III had a steel erect at the Temple of Arum um, beneath the cobra-shaped Jebel uh, Barkal outcropping. The steel describes as how a star came down to set fire to Thutmose's adversaries. The uh, incident has been cited by many ufologists via the uh, purported Thule Papyrus, considered a likely fraud, the alleged uh, transition of the uh, Papyrus. So, uh, this could be a situation of uh, misunderstood uh, translation, I guess. Um, fire from the sky could it have been lightning? Could it have been something? So, this is a this is a sighting, quote unquote, that could possibly be debunked by translation. Okay, so we'll move on. Um, this one, tw- uh, two eighteen BC, ships in the sky. This was in Rome during the buildup of the Second Punic War. Livy recorded prodigies in the winter sky, including naviums. So I'm not going to try and read what that is, but phantom ships have been seen gleaming in the sky. Okay, so something floating around, whatever. Um, <clears throat> so in 76 BC, so you see the difference. That's 1,200 years, 1450 to 200, uh, 1,200 years. And then 140 some odd years later in Asia, according to Pinny the Elder, a spark fell from a star, grew as it descended until it appeared to the size of the moon, and then it descended back up to the heavens and transformed into a torch. Astronomer Richard Stothers interpreted the report as a description of a bolide. What the hell is a bolide? So let's see. It's normally taken to mean an exceptional bright meteor, so it could have been a meteor striking the ground. You know, that's the idea. I mean, obviously, we could sit here and go through every single UFO sighting and, and whatever. But I wanted to go through the ancient time and show you the spread. So 76 BC into 7 BC. So 70 years later, flame-like wine jars in the sky. Could that have been like meteors again, falling stars, whatever. Another 70 years later, uh, Romano-Jewish historian Flavius Jophus um, reported chariots uh, hurtling through the clouds. Did he see something? Was it thunder? Did he, you know... Uh, 130 years later, past that, you know, a fire, a fine rain, reassembles silver, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, obviously, this is ancient times, okay? So, if we move into more, (laughs) quote-unquote, modern times, so, we go through the 16th and the 17th centuries, and I'm not going to sit here and read all these, but I think my point being is this. The 16th and 17th centuries, you're talking the 1500s through the 1600s. So 200 years of recorded history, three. 
three UFO sightings. Okay, we get to the 19th, or, and that was 16th century, so nothing in the 18th century, so nothing in the 1700s. Then you get into the 1800s, so the 19th century. You're still looking at one, two, three, four. So in the 100 years of that century, you had four recorded sightings. The 20th century, which is more modern times, right? From, let me see what how far up it goes. So now this takes you to, this just goes up to 1948. So from 1907 to 1948, so in 40 years of the 1900s, you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. You had 19 separate UFO sightings that led up through World War One into just past World War Two, okay? And then 1950 um, to 1974, so in a 24-year, you had, I don't want to count them all, it looks like another 20, 30 or so. Um, and then into more modern times, 75 to 2000, another 20 or so, uh, 21st century, which is what we're in now, you're talking another 15. And and these aren't just in America, so I'm not going to say it's an American thing. But my point being is this. From the year 1907 to 1948, you had more sightings than all of recorded history prior to that. And why is that? Um, I don't want to say, is it more people? Is it you're able to get the word out better? Now, this is early 1900s, and like there was computers, there wasn't internet, there was barely television. You know, you might have had radio here and there, but it wasn't as widespread. So I don't know that communication um, was any was that much better than it was in the 1800s, where there was none. Was it a situation where people in ancient times were afraid? I don't know. What I'm trying to say, do I believe in UFOs? Now, the definition of a UFO, right, unidentified flying object. So obviously, I can get on board with that term because it's unidentified, it's flying, and it's an object, <laughs> right? Obviously, when we say UFO, you automatically go to aliens, right? Now, that's not to say that a UFO is a, pers uh, a being from another planet. And, you know, me and Chris have these discussions, and it, it was interesting. And he made a point of saying it like this. You mean to tell me that in this, if you believe, and, and obviously this could be a show for another day, so I'm not going to get into what I believe in as far as Earth and, and, and past that. That's, like I said, that's a different show. So if you want to go with the belief that you that we are no there's no way in 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 the universe that we're the only planet with with uh be, living beings on it okay and I, and that's fine i can i can agree with that i can i can we can have that discussion chris's point was this 
<laughs> you mean to tell me that you have alien beings? And then when we say the word alien beings, obviously we go into a whole uh, aliens or uh, Independence Day or E.T. or, you know, they always got to be some kind of funky monster looking things when they could look just like me and you. They might be lizard people. The hell, they could be dogs as far as we know. Could be apes. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know, right? We don't know what we don't know. But let's just say for shits and giggles, there's planets, you know, however many light years away, and there's sustainable life on these planets, whatever they look like. It, whatever they look like, doesn't matter. They have the intelligence and the capabilities to build a ship to get from wherever they are to here for whatever reason, why they would want to come here, but whatever. But then all of a sudden, they get here and they forget how to fly. All of a sudden, they fly billions of miles, <laughs> billions upon billions upon trillions of miles to get from wherever to Earth. And they forgot how to drive. All of a sudden, they crash. And I was like, that's interesting because it's it's true. <laughs> I mean, it's like all of a sudden they forget. Oh, shit, we forgot how to fly. We crashed. I guess if we were having this conversation, if I had a a scientist or someone that actually believed in this, they would say, well, well you guys, the Earth's atmosphere it changes the molecular dimensions of the, of the spacecraft and it calls it in. Okay cool <laughs> i would also say that if you were so smart that you could build a space ba <laughs> spacecraft to be able to do interstellar travel you knew that <laughs> right i mean i'm guessing i mean if you want to believe in space travel as far as what this planet does whether it's u.s china russia whoever going to the moon or going to mars or going to wherever if you believe in all that stuff we have trouble doing that, right? We have trouble getting to our moon, which, once again, story for now, we, we did a moon landing show. If you guys want to listen to it, go back. But these people or these beings somehow managed to create a spacecraft to get from wherever they're at, light years away, to here. But then all of a sudden, our atmosphere fucked them up. Or they got tired and crashed. So that's kind of where I fall in line because um, through recorded history of man, in the last 100 years, they decided to show up in droves? Or is it something else? Is it not what we think it is? We can throw around the word UFO. We can throw these, these abbreviations or whatever you want to call them around. Because it is an unidentified flying object. Doesn't mean it's from the planet McGillicuddy. It's just a something we don't know what it is. Right? So, what is it? Have you ever heard of the story of the Die Glock? Okay. So, the Die Glock is German for the bell. So it was purported a top secret scientific techno technological device, secret weapon, or Wunderwaffe, developed in the 1940s in Nazi Germany. First described by a Polish journalist and author Igor Witkowski in 
Pravda or Wonderwolf. It was later popularized by military journalist and author Nick Cook, who associated with Nazi occultism, anti-gravity, and free energy suppression research. Mainstream reviews have uh, criticized claims about Diagalock as being pseudoscientific, recycled rumors, and a hoax. Diagalock and other alleged Nazi miracle weapons have been dramatized into video games, television shows, and novels. And I'll say this about that. How often have we seen video games, television shows, movies, novels that, oh, by the way, that shit actually happened or it became true? So I'm not so quick to dismiss stuff you see on TV and movies. It's, it's predictive programming. They're telling you what they're doing. I made a comment on this show when we were talking about World War II on paper we should have lost. How we won World War II is, it doesn't make sense. To be perfectly honest with you, it does not make sense how we won World War II. I mean, we know, I know how. I'm not saying that. But you've heard the term on paper, like you're, you know, like in football. On paper, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the Bucks are better than the Dolphins on paper, but they, they can never beat the Dolphins. For whatever reason, they just can't do it. I, you know, I'm just using that as an example because I live in Florida. But that's what I mean by on paper. Now, I listen to another podcast pretty frequently, Tinfoil Hat, um, Sam Tripoli. And his his thought process is that Germany, now just stick with me, Germany lost World War II, but the Nazis didn't. And I, and I started thinking about that. I was like, you know, kind of I understand what he's saying. He's saying Germany, the country, and the citizens of Germany lost the war. They didn't lose the war like it was their fault. But they, that country, <laughs> it's hard to explain what I'm trying to say. They lost the war. The Nazis survived. Now, obviously, you had a few of those people that um, went through Nuremberg trials and probably paid the ultimate price because, you know, kind of in the words of what was it national treasure or whatever with uh with uh fuck i can't think of his name now uh the the the, the uh, fbi guy tells nicholas cage's character someone's got to go to jail someone's got to go to jail for this if you're not going to go to jail someone's got to pay the price and i think you had a handful of nazis quote unquote that paid the price i think the majority of your upper level um management so to speak of the nazi regime got out of germany whether hitler actually died and killed himself and with ava braun that's we don't know like i said we don't know what we don't know we do know that there's a lot of germans in argentina we also know there's a lot of germans in uh ukraine and not just germans like uh there's you know peter Schweitz. it's uh nazi germans there's a lot of blonde hair, blue-eyed Germans in Argentina. Why? Right? A lot of Germans in this country. A lot of Germans in Russia. So, surely you've heard the term Operation Paperclip. So, just a quick overview for those of you that haven't. What that was 
not hypothesis. Hi, hi, <laughs> I bit my lip, so I'm having a little trouble talk. So sorry. Not uh, not conspiracy. It's not a uh, you know hyperbole. It's 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 an actual thing. <laughs> so what was Operation Paperclip? Operation Paperclip was a secret United States intelligence program in which more than 1,600 German scientists, engineers, and technicians were taken from the former Nazi Germany to the U.S. for government employment after the end of World War II. In Europe, between 45 and 59, conducted the Joint Intelligence Operation, J-I-O-A. Uh, it was lar uh, largely carried out by special agents of the U.S. counterintelligence Many of these personnel were former members and some were former leaders of the Nazi party. In February 45, the Special Headquarters Allied Expedition Force set up a T-Force, or Special uh, Section Subdivision, which grew to over 2,000 personnel by June. T-Force examined 5,000 German targets with high pri priority on synthetic rubber and oil catalysts, new designs and armored equipment, V-2 rocket weapons, jet and rocket-propelled aircraft, naval equipment, field radios, secret writing chemicals, um, aeromedicine research, gliders, and quote-unquote scientific and industrial personalities. Okay? So, of those 5,000, we took 1,600. So, maybe the best of the best, maybe not. So, you ask, you have to ask the question, okay, if, if we had our eyes on 5,000 of these people, where did, and we took sixteen hundred. Where did the other thirty four hundred go? Did they all go to Germany? Or to Germany? Did they all go to to Russia? Did some of them? We know some of them went to Russia. Did some of them go to China? Did some of them go to another country? <laughs> did some of them go to Ukraine, to Kazakhstan, to this, to the Middle East area? You know, I shouldn't say Middle East, but the southern region eastern southern region of europe i don't i don't know where they all went obviously if we had a operation paperclip then russia probably had something very similar because prior to world war ii it's not we are best friends with russia Russia at that time, if you guys recall the show I just did, the two-part series on the American Bolshevik Revolution, during this time, Russia was going through a revolution of their own where they had just recently set up a new regime in the Soviet Union, the USSR at this point, and uh, Stalin had successfully <laughs> murdered his co-conspirators um, to gain power of that country. So... At that rate, uh, the enemy of our enemy is now our friend, and that's kind of why that happened. But as soon as World War II was over, we went back to not liking each other. So obviously, if we're, I would even assume probably during World War II, we probably had communications with Russian leaders, whether it was Stalin. I'm sure, I know for a fact we had Roosevelt and Churchill had communications with Stalin. We know this. So surely the under, underlings had communication with each other, and they probably said, "Look, when this shit's over, we're getting some of these motherfuckers from Germany because look at they got jet." During World War II, the Germans had jet-propelled aircraft. They had rockets. They had, you know, so <laughs> they had the ability. So you got to think back in this time, 
most of what happened, most of the battles were you know, like you'd had cannon fire, you had uh, whether it was tanks or cannons, gunfire, uh, uh, you didn't have bazookas, you had mortars, you had those types of things, flamethrowers. They are very rudimentary weaponry for the time, or, for, you know, at the time, I should say. But Germany had rocket-propelled weapons. They had rockets. They, had, they didn't have rockets to go into space, necessarily. Now, there's rumors and conspiracies that they were doing that. Um, but they kind of invented, like, cruise missiles. They had the technology to not just hit you with a tank shot or a cannon shot, it maybe only go a few hundred yards or, you know, whatever. They had stuff that could hit you which you didn't even see coming, right? So that technology obviously exists today. Is it all because of these scientists from Germany? Well, probably not 100%, but I would say the idea, yeah. Um, but what else were these people, these scientists, creating, Forget about the basic idea of jets and rockets and that type of stuff. But take the rocket-propelled aircraft, anti-gravity science, the quote-unquote scientific industrial personalities. Take all of that and meld it together. If at this time or prior to World War II, there was a lot of UFO sightings over Europe and some in America... Was it the Germans? Were the Germans testing Diagalock? Were they, did they figure it out? Now, there is a story that says that there was a, a spacecraft crashed in Germany in the Black Forest. They were able to, in the mid-30s, to able to take this, reverse engineer it, create their own thing. Is that true? I, I don't know. Once again, you mean to tell me beings from another planet billions of miles away flew here and then crashed, right? Or did they just have some really smart motherfucking scientists and engineers over there? I mean, think about it. Think about, take take everything I'm saying and and, and just forget what I'm saying right now. When you think... Especially when I was a kid, right? And, and even now, you think of engineering like a car. You think, well, Porsche, Mercedes. You're talking the best of the best. German engineering. German in this. And, you're, and that's like a sales pitch. Oh, this is German engineered such and such. Who cares? Why should we care about that? Well, because it's, it's good, okay? And if they could make a badass car... If they can make a V6 Porsche that can do 250 miles an hour and beat just about any V8, I'm mean, talking about stock cars, out there, why shouldn't we believe that they have the capabilities of doing some crazy shit? And why, if we, if we have, as American, as, as military, if we didn't think that they were that great, <laughs> why would we be observing 5,000 of these people to take 1,600 of them. If we didn't care, if we didn't think they were that great, look, we kicked their ass. Why do we Why do we want their technology? It ain't shit. Obviously, we knew something that they had was valuable. And we know that, you know, a lot of these people went on to 
create NASA, right? And to the point where one of the scientists, and I wish I had looked this up, but I wasn't thinking about it at the time, but he was responsible. He ran NASA, right? Um, now, obviously, that can go to the point where all oh, the rocket technology and he was part of it and Apollo 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, get it, da, 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 whatever, okay. <laughs> um, but we're getting past, we're going to get past rockets in the sky and uh, and the the military, quote-unquote, rep weaponry. We, I want to delve into the whole die Glock, right? So, the conspiracy says that... Um, Hitler had a secret anti-gravity UFO. And then obviously, because of Operation Paperclip, we stole it. Okay? So, did Nazi scientists, eager to devise a weapon that could throw back advancing Allied armies, create a time-traveling UFO to win World War II? Well, obviously not, because, well, they didn't. Um, But... The legend of Die Glock, and I, I could be birching that, maybe it's Die Glock, Die Glockenspiel, probably Glock, Die Glockenspiel, Die Glock. The bell persists in conspiracy and UFO circles. Um, so a new video from military historian Mark Felton, um, included below, explores the bell-shaped device that Adolf Hitler's uh, SS paramilitary organization purportedly developed. However, sci-fi writers and hoaxers have actually conceded that the machine plying the post-war reputation of Nazi scientists being capable of almost any technological feat. Even though the Nazis lost World War II, and that's kind of the misnomer, did the Nazis lose or did Germany lose? They emerged from the war with them with an almost mythical reputation for high-tech weapons. Nazi tanks were often technically superior to Allied tanks. The Luftwaffe flew fighter jets in combat before the Allies uh, did. The V for Vengeance series of terror weapons included the V-1 cruise missile and the V-2 ballistic missiles made for terrifying, though strategically questionable, weapons. Adversaries considered the achievements of Nazi scientists and engineers to be so advanced. In fact, the U.S. Army sent a reconnaissance team into Germany in later stages of the war to secure scientists and military personnel before other powers, particularly the Soviet Union, could capture them. The effort known as Operation Paperclip secured V-2 missiles and important figures like, well, that's the guy's name, Warner Von Braun, that's the guy that started NASA, the infamous aerospace engineer who invented the V-2 and later designed the Saturn V rocket for NASA's Apollo program. According to legend, Dagluck uh, was reportedly one such German Wunderwaffe, or Wonder Weapon. Rumors of the device first appeared as Nazi sci-fi in the 1960 book Morning of the Magicians. Dagluck also showed up in Igor Wachowski's uh, 2000 book Prod. God bless Don. Prada or Wunderwolf: The Truth About the Wonder Weapon. And soon after, Nick Cook's hunt for the zero point as a glowing rotation uh, contraption that possibly has some kind of anti-gravitational effect or was even a quote-unquote time machine that was part of the SS anti-gravity program for the uh, 
for the uh, flying saucer. Cook even floated the possibility that notorious SS Colonel Hans Kammler traded de Glock to the U.S. military in exchange for his freedom. Kammler disappeared in the closing days of the World War II and was never seen again. While the Allies sent back home a trove of German superweapons during Project Paperclip or Operation Paperclip, whatever you want to call it, including jets and missiles, there's no record of any version of the Glock ever being captured. I'm going to stop here for a second because obviously <laughs> you don't want the Russians to know we have it. You got to understand as soon as this was over, the cold war began. Okay. I wasn't around back then. I know everyone thinks I'm a hundred, but I'm, I'm not. But if you happen to be, I, I can't imagine anyone over 80s listening to this, but even if you're 67 years old, you learned during the 50s into the 60s the tensions that was there between Russia and America. And it was all because of this. Was it just because of the V2 rocket situation? Or was it this? Was, was uh, friggin' Roswell... When, when exactly was Roswell? Roswell was... Sometime. Was it 51 or was it? Come on, Don. I have the, here it is, 47. So obviously that was after World War II, right? Was Roswell us? Did we, let's just assume for a second, just stick with me. We had Diglock in our possession, okay? We, depending on where you live in this country right now, okay, we know for a fact that that part of the country, <laughs> right, outside of, even in Nevada today, outside of Vegas and Carson City and Reno and whatever, there ain't shit out there, okay? And I'll give you an example. If you've ever been to Las Vegas, or let me even say this, if you've never been to Las Vegas, me and my wife went to Las Vegas, I don't know. Eight, nine years ago, whenever it was. Never been. Okay, it's kind of one of those things. Let's go. Never been. I don't gamble. I don't really care to do that, but it was, it's Vegas, right? You got to go. Got to go to some of these places at least once. So, flying into Vegas, it was, it was nighttime when we got there. Dark. <laughs> like, you could, you know, you fly an airplane, you know when you're kind of descending into a landing. Okay, we're getting ready to land. We're, you can feel that you're getting low. And even flying into Florida, if you're flying into Tampa, Orlando, wherever you're flying into, uh, you could see lights. Not just where you're landing, but you could see maybe not Orlando or Tampa per se, obviously bigger cities, more lights. But even leading into that, you could see the smaller towns around those those cities, right? Flying into Vegas, there is it's ap- at night, it's absolute pitch fucking black dark it's black outside and i might be speaking to the choir for those of you guys that live out in this way i'm talking about the people that never been out there okay and then all of a sudden boom (laughs) there's vegas you come over that ridge those mountains because it's kind of in a mountain range like the the, surrounding it so to speak and then all of a sudden bam bright lights boom and you could see every corner of Vegas. And now granted, not Ve- not that Vegas is wall-to-wall casinos. It's just 
I mean, I shouldn't say just the strip, but you guys know what I'm talking about, especially the ones that have been there. But past that, it's pure black. <laughs> it's the craziest thing to the point like one day we were like, well, let's go to Hoover Dam because, you know, it's Hoover Dam. You got to go, right? So we rented a car, went out to Hoover Dam, which isn't that far of a drive. You go through, you leave, I think it's south of Vegas. I, I can't recall how long of a drive it was. It wasn't terribly long. They hit Boulder City, which was a city created by the workers of the Hoover Dam and blah, 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 blah. So go through. It's just a little town, Hoover, uh, Boulder City. And uh, then you get to Hoover Dam. And you see Hoover Dam, and you're like, okay, cool, it's Hoover Dam, right? Uh, well, I'm in Arizona. Oh, I'm in Nevada. I'm in, oh, cool. You know, stupid shit like that, right? So we get done. Well, it's like, where do you want to go? You want to go back to the hotel and do whatever? You want to drive? So I'm like, let's drive. I don't recall the highway there, but I said, let's just drive and south into Arizona and let's see what we see. So we start driving. <laughs> and you know what you see when you drive south from Hoover Dam into Arizona? You don't see shit. <laughs> I mean, it was daytime. So we saw rocks and cactuses and rocks and then there was some a lot of dirt and then oh rocks and oh there's cactus <laughs> so we're driving and we're driving rocks cactus dirt rock cactus dirt rock cactus dirt car rock cactus dirt. you know it's like i said look i can see a green sign coming up i said we'll see what this sign says and that'll determine whether we keep driving or we turn around i had no idea where i'm going i'm just driving so we get to the sign, and I can't recall the name of the two cities or towns or whatever that were on this sign, but the nearest one was 80 miles away. I was like, nope. <laughs> and we had been driving for a minute. You know, we had been driving probably like 30 minutes or so at this point. I turned that motherfucker around. I said, nope. <laughs> Come to find out, because I've never really been out that way. In Arizona, same situation. You got Phoenix, you got Flagstaff, you got a couple of other areas, but for the most part... That's it. I think 60, I remember when we talked about doing election stuff, I can't remember the exact number, but it's like 68%, I think, of the population of Arizona lives in Maricopa County, which is Phoenix, the Phoenix area. So whatever the population of Arizona is, you're talking 60, 70% of the people of that state live in that area. That just tells you how empty the rest of the state is outside of Arizona. And I'm, I would assume Nevada is very similar. I'm sure it's a, I think it's Clark County is where Vegas is, I, th I think. Um, so I would imagine it's probably a 60, 50, 60%. And then there's probably a chunk in Carson and Reno and whatever. But same thing. Point being is this. This is now. 80 years ago, <laughs> it was even worse. Because Vegas, quote unquote Vegas, barely even existed back then. Okay. So, as far as building a military base out there, quote-unquote Area 51, um, and you had Los Alamos in uh, New Mexico. That's where they tested the, the, uh, the atom bomb. So, these are very, even to this day, are very sparsely populated. But 80 years ago was that much worse, right? Because, like I said, Vegas barely existed, as we know it today, I should say. So, yeah, you could put a military base out there. No bubbles, no troubles, because who the fuck's going to see it? So, you could be out there testing, Diglock, 
and who's going to see it, right? So it's very, very, very sure that this very well, Roswell, for example, could have been a situation where they were testing this and it maybe a crash, maybe it didn't, maybe they just saw it, maybe, oh, it was the weather blue and it was this, it was that. But you fast forward to today and we see, you know, Chinese spy balloons floating over top. Maybe it was a balloon. Maybe it was this. But still, some UFO conspiracy theorists believe U.S. forces captured or recruited Nazi scientists, even Kamler himself, and put them to work on developing Diagalox anti-gravity technology. As the legend goes, this culminated in the so-called Kecksburg incident when a bell-shaped UFO allegedly crashed outside of Kecksburg, Pennsylvania in December of 65. So, um, you know, does any of that actually check out? It's extraordinarily unlikely, but I think the person writing this article is probably having a hard time wrapping their head around the fact that maybe, just maybe, this is true. So this was written in 21, so it's not that old. Um, What was that here? Okay, so for starters... This is how he writes it. Now, this is this. I should back up and say this is out of popular mechanics. Okay, so you're going to have a situation where this person writing this article is probably caught between: is it aliens or is it us? See, I would, <laughs> I would be more of as I've done this show for two years now. I've begun begun to believe that I don't know that I can trust anything our government ever tells us as being true. And whatever they say, I want to find out what the truth is. Now, popular mechanics, I would think I'm writing an article about UFOs. I would probably dig into the Diglock theory and Operation Paperclip and who they took and why they took them and what they developed over it might be someone from or something <laughs> from billions of miles away. Anyway, let's go back. For starters, there's one obvious hole in the theory. If the U.S. had really ex- access to an anti-gravity t- technology, then where are the anti-gravity plans? Well, I'll say this about uh, that probably let me let me just let me just throw this out there why haven't we gone to the back to the moon since whenever 73 or whatever the last time was why oh they lost the plans did they just because you writer of said article don't know haven't seen the plans i haven't seen the plans they don't exist that don't mean they don't exist okay you think they're going to just publish them for you to see no, if that was the case, they would do tours of, of Area 51. Have you gone out that way? Yeah, you'll get shot. There's something out there I don't want you to see. Oh, it's a military base. Okay. <laughs> Go to McDill in Tampa. You won't get shot if you hover around the gates. You might be asked to leave, but you ain't going to shoot you just for being out there. <laughs> Plus, many of the SS officials reportedly involved in the secret UFO program weren't in any position to actually run it. And NASA attributes like Kekensburg or Kecksburg incident to the reentry of the failed Soviet Union probe Cosmos ninety six. Well, so I guess what there's what this person's insinuating, and this is pretty much the end of the article, is that there's no way in hell that these scientists could have done this because they couldn't get a rocket off the ground. Or they couldn't re-entry a Cosmo, you know, Venus probe, blah, blah, blah. But you're also insinuating that 
Okay, so the Kecksburg incident was a crash of a bell-looking thing. Okay. Um, let me ask you a question. Let's see. Who wrote this? Bob Johnson. Uh, uh, Kyle M- Mizokami. Did you come out of your mom's womb and walk? Or did you crawl to walk? And when you started walking, did you walk? Or did you walk and fall? Right? I don't think... <laughs> What is it, Nietzsche? Uh, one doesn't fly into flying, right? You don't walk into walking. You don't UFO into UFOing. <laughs> you don't anti gravity into anti gravity. You're going to have to run tests. So, I guess, in essence, I'm going to say this about that Are we testing anti gravity situations? And I'll even go back as far as 50 years ago, 40, yeah, 50 years ago, 40, 50 years ago. There used to be many sightings in the Vegas, in the desert of Vegas, or you know, Nevada and Utah, in that area. There was tons of sightings of what was called a UFO. If you guys recall, if you're 50 years old or so, you recall probably hearing. Think about this. It was a V-shaped flying thing. It was as big as a B-52 bomber. It was as big as a super fortress. The wingspan was long. It was V-shaped, had lights. And people are like, oh my God, that had to be, that was a UFO. Yeah, technically it was because we didn't know what it was. So it was unidentified flying object, right? It was quiet. You could barely hear it. Okay. Okay. Have you seen the stealth bomber lately? (laughs) Better yet. Have you heard the stealth bomber lately? Not that they're quiet. It's not like driving a Tesla. But it's not like flying a B-52. <laughs> or an F-14 for that matter. Point being is, 40, 30, 40 years ago, people that saw this V-shaped flying object in the air, maybe, hear me out, maybe, it wasn't E.T., but it was the U.S. Air Force testing the stealth bomber, right? So why in the hell would you not think that we're not testing these things? So I stumble <laughs> upon this article, and it has a naked lady on the front. Blonde streaker blamed for woman within walls. Oh, sweet. I guess i got to start watching tennis. So <clears throat> if... <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me with this shit? All right, damn it, I swear, I keep losing the fucking article. Anyway, if everything that I just said was bullshit, and if Diglock wasn't real, and if these things couldn't be possible because Nazi scientists were fucking idiots and they couldn't get a a Russian probe to... Hold on, I got a drink. A Russian probe to... (coughs) Exit and re-enter the atmosphere or the bell-shaped McGillicuddy in Pennsylvania or this or that. You test shit. You crash. You crash. Shock. Are you ready? Are you ready for the shock? CIA files reveal claim Nazis had a 2,500 mile per hour flying saucer super weapon. (sighs) I don't always trust 
the, the CIA, but I kind of believe when you find files from the CIA claiming certain things that I believe that. I don't believe that when they say we had nothing to do with JFK's death, I don't believe that. <laughs> but I'm going to believe this. Declassified CIA files reveal spies investigated claims that Nazis had a 2,500-mile-per-hour flying saucer weapon developed during the final days of World War II. Unsealed documents from the U.S. spy agency revealed intelligence officials probed claims about Adolf Hitler's advanced technology. Technology. Nazi flying saucers, sa flying saucers <laughs> appeared twice in the CIA trove of documents as part of an investigation into UFOs. CIA spooks <laughs> marked the information as unevaluated, but the claims made in the files are extraordinary. Modern myths have long been associated with Hitler's secret technology with outrageous claims as far as the to allege the Nazis landed on the moon. Files, re files reveal claims the Nazis had flying saucer that was capable of reaching heights of 20, or I'm sorry, 12,400 meters in three minutes with speeds up to tw uh, 2,500 miles per hour. Um, CIA files compiled interviews with German engineer named George uh, Klein from between March 11th to May 20th of 1952. Declassified files recount his testimony, uh, which was published in a newspaper in Greece, Iran, and the Congo. Klein claims the Third Reich actually successfully carried out the test of their flying saucer in Prague of Valentine's 1945. The Czech capital was liberated just months later by the Soviet Union's advancing Red Army. CIA files reveal Klein claimed the aircraft reached an altitude of 12,400 meters within three minutes and a speed of 1,370 miles per hour. He claimed the saucer could theoretically reach speeds of 2,500 miles per hour, which is more than three times the speed of sound. Exceeding Mach 3 would make the fly, uh, Nazi saucer almost twice as fast as the state-of-art uh, F-35 warplane being rolled out of the U.S. and the U.K. Klein uh, claimed the saucer could take off vertically like a helicopter that had been in development since 1941. The CIA document alleges the saucers were constructed, constructed at the same slave labor-driven factories which made the dreaded V-2 rockets. Nazi engineers were reportedly evacuated from Prague as a Red Army, Red Army bared down upon them. Klein claims one of the one, uh, one team was failed. Klein claims one team was failed to be notified under the order to escape, and they were captured by the Soviets. He claimed the saucers were being built by the Russians, but of course, no one, no known Soviet saucers ever materialized. CIA file reads: Klein stated recently that though many people believe the flying saucers to be power, uh, post-war development, they were actually in the planning stage of German aircraft factories as early as 1941. Klein said he was an engineer in the Ministry Ministry of Speer and was present in Prague in uh, February 14th of 1945 at the first experimental flight of the flying saucer. It adds, Klein was one of the, uh, was one, was of, God, I can't fucking read today, was of the opinion that the saucers are at the present being constructed in accordance with Germany technology, technological principles and expressed the belief that they will be, constitute serious competition for jet-propelled airplanes. CIA spooks compiled these 
uh, files in the height of UFO mania that gripped the U.S. in the early 50s. Modern myths link between the Nazi saucers and experimental aircraft to the outbreak of UFO phenomenon. Conspiracy theorists claim that remnants of the Third Reich fled to South America under the guidance of SS Commander Hans Kemmler uh, from secret bases in Antarctica. The Nazis were claimed to continue testing their experimental weapons. UFO sightings from the air are alleged to be secret tests of experimental technology of the Nazis and the U.S. and the Soviets. So, now we know that this was possible. We know that this was 80 years ago. If the Nazis were able to build a, an aircraft to vertically take off prior to helicopters even being in, uh, around at a dis- at a distance of 12,000 meters, which is what? Uh, a long ways, right? No. <laughs> was that 36,000 feet? Uh, you're talking... Uh, 2,500 miles per hour 80 years ago, okay? What could that technology, as it's evolved over the past 80 years, be today or five years ago or 10 years ago even? So you even go back as far as a few months ago or so, whenever, maybe a year ago, when when Tucker was kind of big on the UFO thing and you saw the Tic Tac thing. Oh, look at the Tic Tac and and the, the Navy ship is... The Navy planes tracking this. Oh, it's a UFO. Okay. (laughs) Stay with me for a second. What if the Navy is out on maneuvers? They're out in wherever they were at. I don't know if they said in the, in the show, in that article, that show that where, if they were in Atlanta Pacific, wherever, but wherever they were at, they're on maneuvers. They're practicing. They're doing their thing. They're doing their Navy thing that they have to do because that's what we do. Um, who's to say that, uh, the admiral of the ship was said, "Okay, Admiral McGillicuddy, we need you to go out to the to wherever, and you're going to be on maneuvers, uh, research and reconnaissance. If you see anything, say anything, follow, do whatever, report back." Okay, unbeknownst to them, the Air Force or the whoever force is going to launch these secret weapons to see what our fighter capability is against this weaponry. And that's why I say that if if this was alien whatever and they felt some kind of way or to the point where they were being tracked and threatened, wouldn't they fire back possibly? I don't know. But could it be a situation where whatever it was, was ours and we were just testing it against our known military technology just to see how it would equate to Russia's military or China's military technology, because it's all basically the same. But in the meantime, who's to say that Tic Tac that we saw wasn't Russian? Now, you could make the argument, well, Russia doesn't have the money to do that. So we don't know that. We don't know that. (laughs) I love how our government makes the comments, Russia can't afford to have the military strength that America has. They can't afford to do this. They can't afford to do it. How do you know? Does Russia put their financials out for God and everybody to see? Probably not. Just like we spend money that we don't have, why wouldn't they spend money they don't have? We can't afford it <laughs> any more than anyone else can. It's like we have the money. We're borrowing the money. So who's to say that 
our borrowing of money is any better than <laughs> than their borrowing of money. I, I'm just throwing that out there. So I, I love the ignorance of the fact that, that our government will sit there and tell you there's no way Russia has this technology because they can't afford it. We can't afford it. <laughs> so if we got it, why wouldn't they? They got the same fucking people that we did. They were able to send rockets up into wherever, just like we did. So, if 80 years ago, Germans created this technology, why wouldn't we have obviously taken it and took these scientists and said, look, we can kill you and take your shit anyway, or... You can come with us and help us develop this as much as you can until you die eventually down the road because you're old, you know you're going to die. That's what people do. But in the meantime, we can pass the knowledge on to other people and we can keep growing this. I'm sure if I was a Nazi scientist, I'd be like, yeah, I'll go that route. We'll move to you know fucking BFE United States and sit here and develop this bullshit so I can live. Yeah, fuck it. Cool. Let's do it. And in the meantime, you had the same, not the same, but you had a, a similar group of scientists that didn't go, that went with Russia and whatever, whatever. So, I guess in essence, is are aliens real? I, I just can't wrap my head around that. And... And I'll go as far as to say is I think everything that we've seen in recent times as far as the leaking or the allowing of UFO quote-unquote secrets to be let out I think is bullshit. So if you've never heard Majestic 12, okay? So Majestic 12, also known as MJ-12 for short, is purported organization that appears in UFO conspiracy theories. The organization is claimed to be the code name of an alleged secret committee of scientists, military leaders, and government officials formed in 1947. When was Roswell? Right, okay. Um, by executive order by Harry Truman to facilitate, recover, and investigate alien spa uh, spacecraft. The concept originated in a series of support, uh, supposedly leaked secret documents that circulated by a ufologist in 1984. Upon examination, the FBI declared the documents to be completely bogus. So, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but let's just say Majestic 12 was a cover for what people thought they saw. So, we're going to we're going to create this crew of government employees who consisted of high-ranking military officials and scientists that were probably part of the bullshit to begin with to just kind of run a cover story of the quote-unquote aliens crashing in Roswell or wherever else. But then you have Project Bluebeam, which you may have may have or may not have heard of. And essentially P Project Bluebeam is um it's it's an ex it's a conspiracy theory that's that's way out on in left field. And basically what is Project Bluebeam just to get through this real quick. So, is a four-step project designed by NASA and the United Nations would allow these organizations to accomplish what he believed this is from a gentleman named Serge Monast Mon Monast? Anyway uh, believed to be their ultimate goal of creating a new age religion 
stop right there. Let's flash back to the left. One world government, one world religion. Okay. New age religion led by the anarchist in order to start. Oh, here we go. New world order dictatorship. NASA would implement Project Bluebeam with a system of advanced mind control as well as top secret technology in order to trick everyone to believing there is a second coming of sorts. But first, step one of Project Bluebeam would involve the manufacture of artif artificially created earthquakes in strategic locations around the world. These earthquakes, um, according to conspirators, hoaxes on Earth, the facts, blah, blah, blah. But then... Um, this gentleman also claimed that movies like Space Odyssey 2001 had already laid the f psychological groundwork for his step, for this step uh, by presenting stories which would mysteriously unearth, unearth objects, append uh, everything humans know about themselves and the world. So, in essence, they're saying that, or you know, they're saying that Project Bluebeam is a gigantic space show. During this stage, Project Bluebeam three-dimensional optic holograms it's so essentially what he's saying and what they're saying is uh you would have a holographic images of jesus coming muhammad buddha whatever um or would it be an alien invasion would it be a war of the worlds type scenario but illustrated so your eyes could see it not your ears could hear it you could actually see this and they're setting the stage by allowing in more current times military footage of of ufos or what is that it's a tic tac it's this it's that when in, in essence it could just be our own technology now what does it all mean what does it matter if we are creating anti-gravity spaceships should it be a big deal well no it, it shouldn't really it shouldn't matter unless there's a nefarious idea behind it because if if you believe that space travel is not possible, and like I said, show for another day. I have a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that we even went to the moon. Okay? And you, like I said, you can go back and listen to our show, The Moon Landing, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's hard for me to believe that that we or anyone else is coming here or going there. I just it's just hard to understand. Uh is there a glimpse of possibility? Sure. Sure, there's possible. It could be possible. Well, like I said, if if you're an alien being from wherever and you're so smart that you can build this technology to get from wherever you're coming from to here, but then you can't make it the rest of the way and you crash, it just seems something a little fishy about that. Is it easier to say that that technology is maybe something that we're working on or the Germans are working on or we're working on or the Russians are working on? I could wrap my head around that a lot easier than someone coming from God knows where <laughs> to here to crash. Um, so what would be the purpose? Confusion, hysteria, um, belief, unbelief. This conversation. If we were creating a anti-gravity circular spinning object, what would be the point? Well, like I said, 30, 40 years ago when people saw a flying V in the sky, what was the point? <laughs> if, if we had this conversation 30 some odd years ago when that was the UFO to talk about, then what would have been the point then? Now you know 
that the stealth bomber is actual thing, what's the point? Well, I get it now. <laughs> you get it now, right? So what would be the point of this thing? Well, same deal. Or is all of this just a big part of the NWO, the WEF, the Illuminati to gain control over you, us? Are they building these weapons to go against Russia or China or whoever, or is it to go against us? And not even to go against us physically, but mentally. Oh, I was abducted. Were you? Or were you MK altered? Was there some sort of sound frequency that fucked with your mind? We know that happens. I'm just asking the question. Don, why would they be doing this? What would be the point? Control. It's all about control. Janet Jackson sung about it. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm being funny, but I'm being serious. Everything we talk about, the WEF, the UN, NATO... The world leaders, the the WEF, the I don't know if I already said that the the Illuminati, God, Satan, Lucifer. What is it all about? It's about controlling you. It's about having seven plus eight billion, whatever, how many people are on this earth? Seven billion slaves, minus the however many people that are running this shit. Why would they create this kind of stuff to fuck with your mind? Because there's a small amount of these people. If there's seven and a half billion people on this earth, there is a fraction of that behind all of this. Less than 1%. Less than a tenth of a percent. But their wits and their, their, able, their ability to deceive is greater than the 7.5 or however many people are on this earth's mind. So what we need to do in, in the point of doing a show like this, obviously I'm not going to reach 7 billion people. I mean, I could if you guys shared this motherfucking shit. <laughs> but uh, the point of this is to say the couple thousand or however many people are involved in this whole scenario. It's a way to control our minds and keep fucking with us. So we need to free your mind. And as crazy as everything I just said sounds, is it? Is it? Because I'm just saying. <laughs> Look at everything that you can think about that's gone on in your lifetime, especially in recent history, 10, 20, 30 years, whatever. Time flies. But think of all the, the big things that make you think about stuff and the way they're able to control your mind by doing one act. They supposedly sent planes into the Twin Towers in 2001 we can ha that once again 9 <laughs> 11 a show for another day i'm praying to god as we approach september chris will get his happy ass in here we're going to do that show but however that happened or whatever 
happened. That single act caused a nation to want to invade Iraq because they had nothing to do with it. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? They only try to get one thing. Our world, as far as America is concerned, the, the, the events of history are wrapped around a single event every time. Think about it. American Revolution. When I say American Revolution, what's the one event you can, you can pinpoint that maybe not the cause, but helped lead to the cause? People will say the Boston Tea Party. Right? World War One. Oh, the assassination of Ferdinand or whatever. Right? Prince Ferdinand or whatever. World War Two. How did it start? How did it end? You know, Gulf War. How did it start? How did you know what I'm saying? There are specific time frames. Why did you know for the longest time World War Two was going on? We were like, My name's Bennett and I'm not in it. We'll supply you guys, we'll hook you guys up, but we're we're not fucking going over there and dealing with that. Oh, Pearl Harbor. One event, bam, we're in. So, the point being is this: we are we as a as a people. Whether you're listening to this in this country or whatever country you're from, you can go through your country's history, and you can find any any kind of major thing that happened in your time or in that in the time of that country, and you can say that this was because of one incident. One incident created that situation. So why couldn't all of this that we're talking about, that we've been talking about lately, why couldn't this be leading up to one incident to create their ultimate goal? Why couldn't it? I don't know, guys. <laughs> so you think about that. In the meantime, I'm going to bid you a fair adieu. And I will talk to you again on Wednesday, guys. Please visit the DTOM store. Check out the merch that we have in there. If you feel so inclined to buy a t-shirt, great. It's awesome. I designed it myself. I've stitched each and... No, not really. But <laughs> check it out, DTOM store. The link is at the bottom of the podcast app. And what you're listening to this on, whatever podcast app that is, please make sure you're subscribed, you're following, and then you share this with your friends. If you're on social media, check us out at Don't Tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker. Oh, also, don't forget about our website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. From the website, you can also enter the DTOM stores. It's under the More category. Hit the drop button there and hit DTOM store and check it out. I will be adding merchandise as time goes by. With that being said, guys, you have a fantastic Sunday, and I will hear... I guess I won't hear you. Hear me. I'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. How does that sound? You have a great day and uh, D-Tom Store.